Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is a solo episode, and we're going to talk about job descriptions, job postings, uh, some best practices that you can use when you're recruiting, hiring, and retaining your employees. So we know that now more than ever, this is a really challenging task. But I believe that with a clearly written job description, the task can get easier. So the purpose of that job description is to clearly define what needs to be done and the define the type of person that you're looking for to do it. So that well-written job description is going to include a short overview of the position. You're going to put the bullet points of the tasks that you want done and a listing of important qualifications. So you're really looking for the job description, as the name implies, to describe the job. So what I want to cover today are some best practices that you can use when you're writing those job descriptions. I want to present one thing that should be in your job description but might not be and give you a roadmap that you can use to put these job descriptions into practice. Now if you want the full white paper and all of the job description templates uh, you can grab those with your Craft Brewery Financial Training subscription. We've got a whole course on this and about 60 or so template job descriptions and job postings uh, along with the best practices white paper uh, that you can grab. So go to craftbrewerryfinancialtraining.com and you can check that out. So the first best practice is, at its most basic, you want to get this job description in writing. And it's remarkable, in my experience, how many times we'll try to hire for a position, but we really don't have the job description written out. You know, we have a, an understanding, maybe we're replacing, uh, there's some turnover, so we kind of have an understanding of what we think the job is, but it's not in writing. So step one, get it in writing so you can give it to the employee or the job candidate. And, you know, I know we're in a hurry when we're trying to hire usually, but neglecting to write the job description uh, can be a big mistake. And sometimes we even take it for granted that the person we're hiring or the new employee knows what to do in the position and everything's going to work out, but very often it doesn't. So one best practice to start with, get the job description down on paper and get it into the hands of your employee or your prospective employee. The next best practice I'll share is to follow a job description structure. So there's a website, there's many websites out there on how to create job descriptions and so forth, but one that I found interesting was uh, betterteam.com and they define job descriptions this way. They say a job description is an internal document that clearly states the essential job requirements, job duties, job responsibilities, and the skills required to perform a specific role. So with that in mind, I think the document itself, the job description, can be one page or several pages depending on what's needed, uh, but you want to follow a general structure and it includes these four points. First is you want a short narrative overview. Really give the candidate 
the employee a feel for the position. So what can they expect and what do you expect from them? Those are really just two key questions I think that should be answered in that short written overview. Another point that you want to have in your structure is to list the tasks and responsibilities. So really only list what's important and meaningful and you can use the catch-all other duties as assigned to kind of cover the rest. Very often I'll see this bullet point list just go on and on and on and there's really no understanding of what the priority is. So you know really looking at that list as what's most important and most meaningful and get those get those listed first. A third point in your structure is to list the qualifications you want from the candidate. Again, specialized skills, knowledge, or education. And the fourth point are the specific job requirements. So for example, if travel is going to be required or working nights or weekends, we want to spell that out so that there's no hard feelings later. And again, this is all in service of making sure that the job candidate or the employee knows what they can expect and you know what to expect from them. So these are the standard sections of a job description and in total I think they provide a good overview of the job is about and what's expected of the employee. Okay another best practice one thing that you must include in a job description but you may not. So one thing that's very often missing is the priority or the goal for the position. So again, I think many job descriptions list haphazardly a dozen or two dozen tasks, responsibilities, duties without any sense of priority. So what's most important in the job? The job description to really clearly identify what the goal is, what the priority is. And that's really going to help define success and how success will be measured in the role. So when the employer clearly defines what success looks like, the employee understands what they need to do in order to excel in the position. And moreover, the employer gets clear on the goal and the priority for the position in order to hire the candidate that you actually want. So by way of example, if, for example, customer service is the most important skill that you want to hire for in a position, then you want to hire for excellence in customer service. But very often you'll have a dozen bullet points with different duties and that priority tends to get lost. So I think a best practice in creating the job description is define the goal for the position and this is going to help establish how success is measured in that role. Another best practice to think about as you're setting your job descriptions, your job postings, you're, you're thinking about doing your recruiting, is to really describe how the role ties into your company mission and your culture. So we want to provide details on how the position is going to add value to the brewery and how the employee or the candidate is going to fit into that bigger picture. So I believe, and I think you believe, that people exist to make a difference. We're put on this planet to make a difference. So we want to show the candidate, we want to show the employee how they contribute, how they make a difference at your brewery. Another best practice is to update the job description regularly. So I think very often we'll have a job description um, and then things change, right? We move responsibilities around. A person was responsible for this that they no longer are. So really updating those job descriptions, keeping them you know, fresh and relevant. So time does fly. 
and on a regular basis we want to review the job description and and update it with those changes and you may be surprised as you go through them if you have older job descriptions you'll, you know you'll go through them and you're like well the, a lot of duties here are just outdated or obsolete and I think it's especially important when new technology is introduced so everything changes when new software is rolled out and the job description needs to change as well again this is in service of making sure uh, expectations are clearly defined another best practice is employee training so we've now that we've got the job descriptions we've we've listed out those key points those four key points in the structure and now it's time to put them into action so thinking about the job description not just as hey let's hire somebody let's get them in here let's have something on paper so they know what to expect it's really to put this information into action so there's dozens of training best practices out there but there's a handful that I think are most you know most important so I think these are the key factors to give your employees uh, the best chance of success when they're coming on board at your brewery so the first is onboarding really starting off on the right foot the next is big picture training you're really telling folks what do we do and showing them how they make a difference here. Again, I can't um, underscore that point enough. Really just you know, showing people how what they do is important, tying that to the mission, big picture training. And the third point is appealing to the highest level of thinking. There's a nice quote by Jack Stack. He wrote The Great Game of Business uh, on open book management. And he basically says, you know, when you appeal to the highest level of thinking, of your employees, your coworkers, uh, you're going to get the highest level of performance. So I'll go through each of these real quick: onboarding, big picture training, and appealing to the highest level of thinking. So first, with onboarding, I think what tends to happen is we kind of forget what it's like to be a new employee. So people can be overwhelmed those first few weeks on a new job. Everything's new. There's new people, new names to remember, a new routine. So the suggestion here. And the best practice is to really keep it simple those first few days and weeks. Allow them time to acclimate to the new environment. And before we bury them in all these policies and procedures, let's show them where the bathroom is. You know, just give them the lay of the land, introduce them to people. So going slow in that onboarding process. And clearly you'll want to have, you know, a well-documented, structured first few days and weeks. But the general takeaway is uh, just remember it's going to take a little time. Uh, so let's start with the basics there. Introductions, uh, a tour of the facility, uh, things of that nature. And that kind of leads to big picture training. That's the next point. So it's important to show people the big picture of the business. And one of the things that I've seen successful is to have new hires spend um, several hours or an entire day working in each part of the operation. So you can really experience all aspects of the business. And, uh, and they can see how they fit into that. And again, people exist to make a difference, and big picture training can show them how to do that. The third point to think about is appealing to the highest level of thinking. So what we want to do is when we appeal to the highest level of thinking, we get the highest level of performance. So we want to teach people how to think, ask questions, understand the process of their work, and teach them how to see beyond their role and really how do they fit into the larger mission of the company so when we teach them to ask questions you know why am I doing this what value does this add how can I improve 
that's appealing to that highest level of thinking, employees are going to get engaged. And I think we know that engagement is going to help with retention. And ultimately, that's going to give them the best chance for success. So three things to think about there, your onboarding process, big picture training, and on an ongoing basis, appealing to the highest level of thinking. Another point to think about, another best practice, is what I'll call uh, 80-20 employee training. So you've probably heard of the 80-20 rule. I think this is something that can be applied in almost any area of your beer business, and including training. So the rule works like 20% of activities create 80% of the results. So there's this vital 20% of training that's going to create 80% of the benefit. So going back to the job description, job description itself should outline what those vital 20% are. And these are the goals, these are the priorities that you've identified as the most important. So 80-20 training, it's a process you can use to identify the result that you want and then focus your efforts on those training activities they are going to help achieve the result. So 80-20, it's a concept, it's a great tool. It does take time, and it takes a thoughtful approach. So the steps are, you know, you got to identify the goal, what are the results that you want, the 80% results, and identify those training aspects that are needed to achieve the goal, the 20% effort, and where to focus that training. So, for example, if you hire that customer service person and providing customer service is the goal, then we obviously want to focus our training here. And it does sound obvious, but we do lose sight of that goal when the actual training begins. So the customer service job, you know, maybe it's an admin position, um, it involves a lot of things. So it might involve computer training, trips to the post office or the bank, and a host of other tasks that are necessary but not related to the primary goal. So we want to connect the goal to the training, identify 20% of those efforts, so customer service training, uh, training on our brands and our products. Those are things that are going to get you 80% of the results that you want, that excellence in customer service. So I like to think of 80-20 training as training on purpose. So really being thoughtful about what the job is and the results you want to achieve, and then focusing most of the training time on those 20%, the vital few. So focus on the aspects that are going to have the biggest impact and then establish the training plan that's going to give you and your employee the best chance to achieve success. So to wrap this up, um, recruiting, hiring, retaining good employees, it's a tough task in any environment. It's particularly tough in the market that we find ourselves in today. However, if you have a clearly written job description, I believe the task gets easier. So we've got sample job descriptions, uh, we've got best practices, we've got a, a white paper uh, that you can use. And ultimately, I think, you know, if, if you follow some of these ideas, these best practices, see what works best in your beer business, then ultimately your employees are going to thank you. Your employee, your human resources person is going to thank you as well. And ultimately, it's going to improve your uh, recruiting, uh, retention, ongoing training and overall engagement for your employees. So if you want to dig in a little bit more on brewery job descriptions, job posting, uh, recruitment and retention best practices, 
uh, you can check out the Craft Brewery Financial Training membership. And we've got over 60 template job descriptions, summary job postings to help you speed the hiring process, our job description best practice guide, and a one-page checklist, most important things to include so you can hire and retain the best talent. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.